This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, this is, this is Jay Harwich with a very, very special edition of Amazing Mental on My Podcast. My special guest is Kim Ang, GM of the Marlins, and two years ago she became the first woman to be the GM of a major sport in North America. I don't, you, you ever play for the Mets? No, right? No, oh, never played okay. for I the Mets. I thought I was slipping, Kim. I missed you? No. Yeah. <laughs> but a little I, birdie told me you were a pretty good tennis player. Uh, I used to be a pretty good no. tennis player, and then I became a baseball executive. You gave up <laughs> tennis for I didn't give it up, but obviously I don't get to play too often. Yeah. We, we have some mutual friends who I think were helped you. you your career helped me in my career. First is Terry Collins. Yeah. Terry, you were with Dodgers. Uh, how many years were you with the Dodgers with you? Uh, I was there 10 years. Yeah. I still speak to him three, three, two or three times a month. And, you know, I know you and Terry are still pretty close friends. We are. Um, Terry and I were at the Dodgers together. Um, you know, Terry was our field coordinator and then our farm director. Um, he was a candidate to be one of to be our manager. Um, we go back a long ways, and and you know he's one of the guys in this business who, you know, has really been instrumental for me um, you know, in my career and, and learning you know learning about baseball, understanding things you know pr- particularly from at the time you know he was a minor league director, um, you know learning that um, whole sector of the business. So he was um, he was really instrumental for me. So we used to walk. And we ever used to see what happened in the game. And with Terry, when he didn't really get to all the questions, I would stand in the back of the room waving, you know, Terry. And he used to say to me one time, the puppy dog wants me to answer something. That was me. And one of the local papers thought that I was shooting with Terry. He said, Terry's one of my best friends, but that's the way he, well, he is. You know, he was, uh, the press loved him here. He's a, he's a great. Yeah, you know, and, you know, the minor league players loved him. You know, obviously that was my interaction with him, uh, was around those minor league guys. And Terry was one of those guys that, you know, the players, they loved him and they hated him. Right. You I know, and, and I think that's actually a compliment. Uh, it doesn't sound like a compliment, yeah. but it really is a compliment. You did know. You, did it, you see the film when he got kicked out, when Syndergaard threw it uh, at, at Estes or something, and Tom Hallion went out there and he and he and he Terry was dropping f bombs all over the place. He got more hits on social media than that. I mean, now the Mets fans love him again. You yeah, know? he can go viral. Yeah, he can. <laughs> that is his personality. The other guy, Joe Torre, had a couple of stops with Joe. He was my first manager. Oh, in I did not know that. You know, every time I see him, he says, you got me fired, Jay. No, Joe, I didn't do that. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> on my first road trip to Montreal, he took me to a uh, tie store on St. Catherine Boulevard. Five of the ugliest ties you ever want to see. I had a whim every two, five days in a row. But I still talk to him. He's, we have an old-timers game at the end of August. He's going to be there. What did, what did Joe mean to you, Kim? Well, actually, Joe and I were together three different stops. Um, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and then Major League Baseball um, has also been one of the you know more instrumental people in my career. 
um, you know, has taught me a ton about the game. I think, you know, one of the things that I've learned most from Joe is patience. Um, Joe just had a great way with the players, understood their mindset, and, um, you know, knew what it took. Uh, so just one of those guys who was there for me at different stops, um, you know, and was always that calm figure in my life. You know, sometimes things can get a little hectic and chaotic and stressful, and he was just always there um, as that, uh, you know, that presence who, who was the calming figure. Another guy we have the same interaction, Ned Coletti, right? Oh, yeah. So I not, start, not so calm. No, no. I started in 1980. I was a PR guy. I started with Ed Wade. He went on to be the, the, the general manager of Phillies. Ned, Dodgers, Cubs. I still had the same cockamamie job I did 42 years ago. What did I do wrong? All well, no, these guys became GMs. Yeah, but then they got fired, so they, they did, did something right. You know, <laughs> he, he talked about patience, okay? Uh, number five interviews before the Marlins job, it didn't work out. Did you ever get to the point and say, this is not going to happen for me? Jay, it was way more than five. It was more than five? <laughs> Yeah. Way more than way five. Way more than five. Um, did I ever? Yeah, I think after every interview, I got like that. Um, yeah, I think you know you have all kinds of crazy things running in your head. Um, you know, incredibly frustrating. Um, you know, became downtrodden. You know, really, um, yeah, disappointed. Um, especially, you know, a lot of those things were just so public. You know, so. Um, but you know, look, I think after a few days, you know, maybe a week, you understand where you are, and that is, you know, I had, I had great jobs at the time, and I was just incredibly fortunate um, to be in the business, to have gotten where I've gotten, and, um, you know, you just brush yourself off, and, you know, and, and life goes on. Um, you know, had I ever, you know, quit the idea of it uh, every once in a while, but it was, you know, just something that you you still in the back of your mind aspire to and and um you know lucky it was you know somebody that i knew you know from my past that gave me the opportunity i knew you were very friendly with omar right he always talks to people like, and then the good friend and you know i know he would always talk you up anytime we spoke and i can't believe she didn't get this job or that job and you still keep talking to him at all yeah he actually texted me he said he's going to be here tonight yeah <laughs> so it, 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 we definitely keep in touch yeah. so you grew up in queens right close i by did were you a Met fan or a Yankee fan? I will claim the fifth. You, you claim the fifth? <laughs> I, I, I got it. And tell me about your stickball prowess. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I was actually pretty good um, hand-eye coordination. So, as you mentioned, yeah, I was a pretty good tennis player. Um, I played stickball here in the streets of Queens, um, you know, through my childhood. Um, I eventually went on to go play softball um, in high school, high, actually tennis and softball in high school, and then went on to play co college softball as well. So stickball is really my foundation and got me going. Kim, how much pressure do you have on your shoulders? I remember watching the press conference in November of 20, MLB Network, all the network, because of your local ties. I mean, when you, a couple of days, I mean, was there a lot of pressure in the beginning or, you know? You know, Jay, I think every day there's pressure. Um, and I will say that some days you feel it a lot more than others. Um, you know, and there's different types of pressure, right? There's the pressure of just being a general manager and knowing where your club is and, you know, the goals that you set for yourself and for the club at the beginning of the year and trying to meet those goals. But then I think, you know, the, probably the pressure I was talking about in the press conference was the pressure of being the first woman 
um, of being a woman, period, in this business um, and at the helm. And I think the, the reference that I made was I felt, you know, 1,000 pounds of pressure go from the left shoulder to the right shoulder, you know, and the, the left shoulder was actually getting to the position and then the right shoulder is now actually doing a good job where, um, you know, I do think that there are a lot of eyes on me um, and making sure or, or just watching to see if I can do a good job. Um, and that's the pressure that I feel, you know, ultimately you know, I, I hope to, to is do as good a job as I can and make the playoffs and, you know, bring the Marlins to, you know, to success. I mean, every day in the papers now, there seems to be another breakthrough for women. You know, Rachel McAvick, the, you know, the uh, manager of the Yankees, uh, Kelsey Whitmore playing in the yeah. minor leagues. It's in today's paper, the Raiders named the first black w woman to head the, uh, be the president of the Raiders. Do you follow that really closely to see strides in other areas? I try and stay pretty tied to it. Um, I can tell you that I, I'm just so proud of, of these women, you know, that have reached these levels, um, you know, in the last several years, um, you know, and really feel like it's, it's, it's time. And I'm just so glad that they're getting their, their due. You know, they've worked hard their entire careers. They've worked hard to, to break down barriers and to overcome obstacles and preconceived notions and, you know, have probably had to be, you know, five times as prepared as the guys in their, you know, various disciplines. Um, but, you know, just couldn't be any prouder of them. And, and do you think that you're training, you know, with the Yankees, you know, th four years, three rings, not bad. Did being around the media, did that help you in any way adjust to your role with, with the Marlins? You know, what helped me was watching a pro like Brian Cashman. Yeah. Um, Brian was in, just incredibly adept um, with the media. Um, you know, I'd watch him prepare. I'd watch him actually speak to the media, you know, and I thought the one thing that, you know, Brian just did really well was just, you know, he was relatable. He was relatable. Um, he was as honest as he could be. Um, and when he when he couldn't answer a question, he would just say he would just say that I I can't really answer that. So I think you know his humbleness um, has helped him to navigate the New York media. And you you more than paid you were really from with the White Sox um, with 20 years to 11, and you left to go with Joe. So you were with Joe a long time, then 10 eight nine years with the, the commissioner's office. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, after you were you're there, I mean, when the fire call finally came, did you, did you step down so you're still you're hoping against so this would be the final call? You mean when the Marlins yes, called? Yes, yeah, when the Marlins. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I'm not sure if I necessarily thought that. Um, you know, I thought I could be traveling down a road that I had traveled before, you know, just in terms of the interview process. Um, you know, and I think that's part of the... Um, you know, the defense mechanism that you put up um, after so many times of, of interviewing. Um, but, you know, I think as, as the discussions and the conversations wore on, um, you know, with Derek that, um, you know, I started to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Who was the first person you called, I mean, when you got the call? Did this, did um, I called Joe. You called Joe? I did. I, I would have called my, my mother, yeah. uh, but I wanted to tell her in person so I could see her face. You know. We had another, I don't know if you remember her name, kind of a trailblazer in my profession, PR. Shannon Ford worked for me mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, I just don't know if you right to yeah. her name. Um, did you have, you know, she, when, when we hired her in 1994, 
women in PR was really you know, was an anomaly. And she worked for 22 years. The players loved her. She was a professional. She worked at the All-Star Game. And, and did you have any interaction with her through I the years? I didn't. I knew of her, but I really didn't know her. But I've heard such wonderful things about yeah, her. Yeah, we have a plaque in, in, in the press room. You know, your name, when, when you take the job, it's your second year. When you make calls, people know who you are. That's not, I mean, that, the, the identity is there, right? There's no... You don't have to just say, I'm Kim Bank from the Marlins. I mean, it's, you, know. you mean with other GMs? Yeah, I mean, no, your, your, your no. visibility is there. No, right? they have, they have, um, they they all know who I am. You know? is it, what's been the biggest, pro, is there a biggest problem or? or uh, the biggest problem, the biggest problem, um, I would say getting on a 10-game winning streak. Yeah. <laughs> We've put a couple of sixes together this year, but I, I could go for a 10. No, you know, I think that one of the, the toughest things is to watch your club every day and, and you know, think that they can do better, right. right? Like they're not quite fulfilling that potential and then having to sit there in your seat and not be able to do anything about it, really. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, one of those things, it's 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 kind of tough, but, you know, you get, get through it. Are you a walker? Like Sandy Olison comes from the Billy Bean School. He never stays around. He walks around the stadium. Do you do that? Do you stay put in your seat? Or? No, I'm I, I'm probably not as agitated as that. Um, you know, I stay in one place. Um, I like being home because then I can scream at the TV. Uh, nobody hears you. <laughs> and nobody hears me. Uh, but no, when I'm in public, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I stay in one place generally. Did I, was, I saw something on Instagram today. The MLB is going to have a first ever women's tournament in the Jackie Robinson facility in Vero Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, what they did, I mean, they, we were, I mean, I think they want to invite uh, high school kids from all around the country. I mean, since your, your, your appointment, I mean, things have just blossomed all through MLB. You think it was an awakening for a lot of people that, you know? Well, I, I so take me out of the equation. Right. I think the idea that this happened, I do think it was an awakening. And I think people saw just how much incredible press it got yeah. um, and I think you know people started to understand you know and, and started to understand just how big this is and why there should really not be um, the obstacles that exist um, and so I think everyone has their eyes have been opened I think they're on the bandwagon and you know they just want to be a part of this movement which I think is tremendous. Do you think when the day will come it's not Kim Ang the first woman but just Kim Ang a general manager. General manager. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, you know. Do you still keep in touch with Brian and those guys? Or, I do. Or, yeah. Actually, I talked to Brian about a week ago. Yeah. Well, it's almost trading deadline. Yeah. Well, it is trading deadline month, so. I was, I was good friends with Gene Afterman. We got Nomo, and we, uh, you know, we, I, I was in Boston walking the Freedom Trail, which he called, well, Nomo's yours, and we did the press conference on the roof in, in, uh, in Fenway Park, and one of the writers uh, gave the number out to all the papers in Japan, and we were bombarded with about nine million calls, none of our rights would get through. But Jean, Jean lives in California, so she's not here. Yeah, yeah. no, that's right. Um, she's she's living in California, but um, I think COVID taught us that you don't necessarily oh. have to be there. So I know yeah. that her voice definitely rings in that office. And what what do you remember about growing up in New Jersey? I'm a New Jersey person, too, okay. and uh, you got your training. That, who, who gave you your love of sports? Your mother, your father? Both. Both. Yeah. Both. You know, and, and um, I can tell you, my grandfather was a big tennis player. Came from uh, yeah. a fun uh, tennis family. 
Um, and then my dad was just loved all sports and grew up playing a lot when I was a kid. You know, one thing Terry told me, I got sad at Woods, he said, Kim, Kim's a connoisseur of wine. I mean, you're, you're, you're <laughs> that is not true. No, no, no. no my husband. Oh, is. okay. I, so, I I screwed that up. I'm sorry. No, no, no. So my husband um, owns a wine company right. called Silas Wines. Um, I am the benefactor of the, of, of, the wines. of him being a connoisseur. Uh, I just know what I like. He knows what I like. Yeah. So I'm partial egg creams, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. I, I appreciate your time. I've been a fan from long distance. I'm glad you're. Got where you're going, and when the winter nuts are put the best, Kim. Well, thank you so much, Jay. It's great to see you. Okay, are you sure you didn't play for the Mets, right? I'm pretty sure. Okay, I, I thought I missed something in my record books. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Kim. I All appreciate right. it. Thanks, thank Jay. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.